We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Breaking news, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! What's up and welcome to another Buzz Beat. Uh, this is Richie. I hope you guys had an opportunity to listen to our first episode this week where Brian and Spencer took about four minutes per prospect to talk about a couple of guys that are going to be available at that 32nd overall pick. They got into Xavier Tillman out of Michigan State, Killian Tilly out of Gonzaga, Isaiah Joe out of Arkansas, and Tyler Bay out of Colorado. So if you've not listen to that. Definitely go back and listen to that from Wednesday. Today's episode, they're just going to continue their conversation here. Uh, and they talked about Jalen Smith out of Maryland, Zeke Naji at Arizona, Elijah Hughes, Tyshawn Alexander, Trey Jones, Devin Dotson, Nico Mannion, and Paul Reed to kind of wrap out their crop of players that they think are going to be available and should be players that the Hornets would benefit from drafting. Jalen Smith, center out of Maryland. You know, this is a guy that's, uh, he's risen up my big board pretty rapidly here. Uh, I would say in the past month since I've really dug on him, dug in on him more. Um, he, I think he's pretty much got the total package offensively. Um, he can step out, you know, he's, he's a good pick and pop player. Uh, he, he took a, a few shots off the dribble from behind the arc this year. He can put it on the floor and get to the rim. He can use both hands. Um, he's, he's fluid, like we were talking about with Tilly, but I think Jalen's mm-hmm. much lighter on his feet. I mean, for a guy is, uh, with, with his verticality, with his length, at his height, I'd say he's probably the most fluid athlete um, uh, of all those centers we would talk about in this draft to me. Um, reminds me a little bit of like a Chris Boucher who we saw break out in Toronto uh, this past year. They're different players. Jalen's more of like a true five. I would say Boucher is more of like a spark plug go in there and just and muck things up a little bit. But 
he's got a, a lot of ability on both sides of the floor. Um, you know, he's very thin, so he's gonna have he's gonna have issues against the bruisers. Um, you know, down the low block in the league, but he's but he's a high level shot blocker. Uh, he he gets the he meets the ball at, at his apex. Um, great rim protector for for Maryland last year. And, and I think I already mentioned this, but he's an incredible athlete at his size too. I mean, he really gets into the air uh, and and gets some verticality. So I think Jalen Smith has a chance to be a starting center in the NBA, almost like. You know, I say Chris, Chris Boucher, the other guy I've thought about with him, is just like a better Miles Turner. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be that guy. Like, not quite the impact de- defending the rim, but a way better offensive player uh, than a guy like Turner. So, I, I like Jane a, a lot. I, I think that – I think he's got a chance to be a lottery talent when it's all said and done. He won't get picked that high, but I, mm-hmm. I think he's got the ability to be there. I, I, I agree with you. I think he's I think he's a guy that a lot of people have a first round grade on. I'm I'm a little lower than the than maybe the consensus and, and you are on Jalen, but I do like him and I do think he is a rotation piece and certainly a guy that could be a starter with a skill set that fits perfectly where we are in the NBA right now, right? Like the proto stretch five that can protect the rim. Um, has some movement shooting skills. I mean, there were some plays like Maryland had a couple design looks where they floated to action and ran this dude off a pin down, um, which like, as we've seen uh, the Denver struggled with this when Anthony Davis hit the game winning shot, like teams in the NBA just don't really know what to do with six ten, six eleven guys that are coming off pin downs, looking to hit jumpers, like <laughs> as good as the coaches and as good as the athletes are in the NBA, like they just haven't figured that quite out yet. Um, I'm a little iffy on like his closeout, uh, like beating potential at the moment. Like he can put the ball on the deck once or twice, look for a pull up. Um, but even then I think, I think he's a little limited there, but I do like him as a pick and pop shooter and the guy that you can, yeah, if you want to throw a little, a little spice into your offense, yeah, you can, you can run this guy off a, an inverted pin down, um, added a lot of muscle between his freshman and sophomore season at, at, uh, at Maryland, but like you said his, his frame held, holds it well. Like he still looks good. He, he still, he looks, he is a, you know, he is still like pretty lanky and uh, relatively fluid athlete, but he even held up nicely against some of the bruising bigs in the post in the big 10, including Xavier Tillman, who's arguably the strongest guy in college basketball, but uh, Daniel Toro as well, uh, drop pick and roll defender can't really pass. But, yeah, there's a lot to like with Smith. And if he's the pick at 32, I think – I don't know, man. I think there's maybe a little more you can do with it depending on who's available. Like, I like Tillman and Tilly more. But if Smith is the pick at 32, that's that's fine. He's a guy that fits as a pick-and-pop guy with Devontae. And I think he would pair actually pretty nicely with with PJ in some some aspects. All right. Uh, Zeke Najee, another center um, from Arizona – you know, I need to do a little bit more film mm-hmm. study on Zeke. Um, you know, he's young. He's under 21, 20 years old, um, you know, seven-footer, 240 pounds. I mean, he's just prototypical center, right? Like, he's not going to get bullied uh, like a guy that we just talked about. I, I'm not really sure, like, what he does um, that translates to the next level other than the fact that, you know, he's just a, a solid big man who – is a pretty good pick and roll, pick and pop player. Well, the pick and pop part, we'll, we'll have to see about. He's he's a good roller. Um, he has good hands. He's ready to finish around the basket. That was the strength of his at Arizona. I thought 
I think he has potential as a defender. Um, I, I don't think the film makes me feel uh, really great about his ceiling on that end, other than, you know, just cleaning up stuff around the rim. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think he's a guy that's going to switch around the floor and, and, and just cause havoc. Um, but, he's a, again, he's a big who's not going to be pushed around. He's, he's mm-hmm. good at finishing around the basket. You can throw him the ball in the post, and he can, you know, make a, make a play over his right shoulder, his left shoulder, can use both hands. Um, so I think he's got a chance. There's nothing about Zeke Naji that, that gets me really excited. And I, I wouldn't – I don't know that I'd lobby for this pick at 32 for Charlotte. I think that he, he will probably be there, and I think there are probably going to be centers available that have a higher upside than Zeke. Yeah, yeah, I like Najee. Um, I've actually come around on him a good bit over the last, I don't know, six months or so. Like, if you had talked to me during the season, I, I sort of had him boxed in as, um, you know, he's like a high-motor guy. Like, he's just, uh, that's, you know, maybe a rotation guy, but really what this guy is is just like motor and, and energy, uh, you know, garbage man, help you, you know, help maybe be a second-unit center and, and, you know, help you out on the glass or whatever. But... And that is, and some of that stuff is true and valid, but I actually think he offers more than that. Um, great motor. I think one of the best effort players in the draft, something we talk about all the time on here, Spencer. I think this is a guy that, that really brings it. Um, I think he's fairly mobile, um, can switch out some, maybe has some issues laterally. Like again, not like an auto switch guy, but it is something that he can do. I think he does a pretty good job putting himself in position ahead of pick and rolls, regardless of whatever the coverage is going to, was going to be for, for Arizona has sometimes can maybe show too hard actually, uh, which maybe puts himself, uh, so that can be one of those instances when the, the sort of like the energy and effort aspects of his game maybe put him or the his teammates on defense in a bad spot. Um, jumper may be a bit of a swing skill, and he can't really pass, but I think there are some reasons to maybe buy into the jumper a little bit. He took 200 free throws this season. Um, he shot 76%, pretty good on, on high volume. Um, not an amazing rim protector, but I think he's a guy that can still be a pretty good, like, rotation center um, in the NBA, a guy that can help out your defense, give you a little rim protection, a little rebounding, some versatility in how you want to defend pick and rolls. And then, yeah, we'll just see where he's, how he develops offensively. You know, can he become a better shooter? Can he become a better passer? Um, but, yeah, I, I like, I like Najee. Um, I think there are probably some better options at 32 for him. Um, but if he were the pick, I actually think he'd be a nice fit uh, with Charlotte because I think he does some stuff for you on both ends of the court that um, that fit. And I do trust this guy's motor and his in his effort and his energy levels as something that's going to not only like help him develop, but fit well with the culture with any franchise, including a, you know a team like Charlotte. That's it's two good points. You know, one, number one about his motor, and number two, you know, he gives you some versatility of how you're going to guard the pick and roll. Those are those mm-hmm. are things. I mean, those are two reasons I need to go back and watch more of the film. Yeah, You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat. Your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, 
and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, Elijah Hughes, Syracuse wing. Uh, I I think he's being overlooked, um, and I understand why. I mean, he's you know he's he's almost twenty three years old here, so that's going to knock any guy down, uh, you know, in the draft. But six six wing, got a great frame, two hundred almost twenty pounds, um, dead eye shooter. You know, he he was probably asked to do too much at Syracuse these past two years. But it ended up, I think, really being a positive for him because it showed what he could do with the ball in his hands. Um, and he's not just, you know, he's not just a pull-up, you know, dead-eye shooter. You know, he can shoot on the move. Um, he can play with the ball in his hands uh, and make play for his teammates. Uh, he's just he, the guy's got a really good feel for the game offensively, and I think that that is going to translate to the NBA, uh, mostly because of his frame. I mean, 6'6", 220 pounds, he's kind of ready to contribute, mm-hmm. you know, as an NBA wing. So defensively, I think he's fine too. I mean, obviously he played in the 2-3 zone at Syracuse, but he plays with great effort. He's a really good athlete. You know, you, I think you've brought this up in a in a previous pod when we talked about MBG, but he transferred from East Carolina. So mm-hmm. there, there is a little bit of evidence that he can actually play a man-to-man style, <laughs> which he played at ECU. Yeah. Um, I, I like Hughes a lot. I, I think that he is uh, – he's kind of the prototypical, like, offensive spark plug uh, in the NBA mm-hmm. coming off the bench, and I think he's probably deserving of, of minutes right away in his rookie season. Yeah, so the, the, the question for him is just, like, can he be – can he be an, an average defender? Or if he's mm-hmm. going to be an above-average defender, then I think he's got a chance maybe to, like, you know, we're asking ourselves a year or two from now, man, he's a, this is a starting wing in the NBA. Yeah. So I think he's got some upside, although he's almost 23 years old. Yeah, he feels like a like a like a nice rotation wing uh, that to settle in. He and Jalen Smith, I'm looking at those as the two guys that I, I like uh, several of the options around 32 better than those guys. But if they're the pick, like it's fine. I think you found a rotation piece. You know what I mean? Like I do like Elijah Hughes. Um, side note: What like if you're a team like if you're a program like Syracuse, what when they when they're practicing? This is a team that runs zone 99 percent of the time, but all of their sets and shit that they run offensively is like mostly to go against man. So right. I've always wondered like what a practice looks like for Syracuse. You know, are they running? Do they practice their zone defense? If so, when do they work on their man-to-man offensive plays outside of walkthrough? Like I, I don't know. It's the thing that I've I've been curious about with Syracuse for a while now. But uh, Hughes, like you said, like good frame, good body for a wing. Um, I was really impressed this season. I, we talked about him, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, Spencer and I thought he had a case to be made to be the as the most improved player in the ACC. Yeah, um, of course, that went to Garrison Brooks uh, because this is the ACC and he plays for UNC. Right up, yeah, right at Tobacco Road, right there, up past. There, there were a few guys that I that I was trying to make a case for um, that all those were, were really not – no one was having them. It was Garrison Brooks. But um, more of a spot-up guy is his redshirt sophomore season at Syracuse and then his redshirt junior year, you know, really took on a bigger playmaking – role um and even and then his assist rate dropped but pardon me assist rate went up 10 percent 
turnover rate dropped 2%, usage rate up 5%. Um, a guy that has some pull-up creation to his game. And, uh, yeah, like there are reasons to project out his jumpers being pretty good. Uh, a good free-throw shooter in college improved this season there, too. Like I think he's going to be a guy that can shoot pretty well off the catch and because of his pull-up game and because he's, he's built pretty well, like offers some in, interesting closeout beating uh, potential. So yeah, I, I like, I'm not crazy about Hughes, but, but I do, uh, I do like him as a prospect. If, if the Hornets had like a pick around, you know, in like the 35 to 40 range, I would be like, you know, circling this guy a little bit more, but I still like him even at 32. Although just, as I said, not as much as some of these other guys. Yeah, and, and two, it should probably be mentioned mostly because of his age, but he could get to 56 um, where Charlotte has another pick. I mean, it's not yeah. likely, yeah. But, but it's but it's like feasible. Just yeah. considering he's one of the oldest guys in the draft. So yeah. uh, just something else to keep in mind with him. Mm-hmm. All right, um, Tyshawn Alexander out of Creighton uh, might be a guy that that's some listeners pod haven't maybe haven't heard of at all or haven't heard mm-hmm. much of at this point. Um a six four and a half, six five wing, who was a pretty good shooter. Not not a pretty good shooter. He was. I mean, he was yeah. almost a forty percent shooter at Creighton. I'm not sure that I totally buy the shot. A little bit of a corkscrew motion. Um, doesn't get into it really quickly, but, but whatever. It went in uh, at Creighton. Um, I think my favorite part about his game is how hard he defends. Mm-hmm. Um, his energy level you know, it comes and goes, but when he's locked in, he's a really good point of attack defender. Um, and, and I think that if he can unlock that consistently, he's going to have to, to get minutes in the NBA. Cause I, I don't think there's a whole lot to write home about uh, with, with Tyshawn, but if he can be a spark plug type of player that can translate that, you know, 39, 40% three point shot in college to somewhere in the 35, 36, 37 range, in the NBA and clean up that motion just a little bit mechanically, then yeah, I think he can be a rotation player. Um, it can play in the pick and roll can play with the ball in his hands. I don't think he has a great handle. He definitely doesn't have explosive athleticism. He doesn't have an explosive first step. Uh, you know, he's not a guy, even in your darkest days as an NBA franchise, they're going to, you're not going to give the ball to him and ask him to run your offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I think to me, when I watch Tyshawn, I, I like him as a player and I love his energy level and I like how he shot the ball, obviously, but I think a lot of things have to go right for him uh, to, to stick in the NBA. So I, I probably wouldn't bet on him working out, but I do see the intrigue here because I mean, there, there's some great indicators. Those bear themselves out um, in the numbers, but I, I don't know, BG. He, he just, I, I don't think I would bet on him if I was, if I was trusting my gut. I, I like uh, Alexander a decent amount. 32 is is still like a little early for me, sort of um, similar to, to Hughes in that regard. Uh, I just think there are going to be better players available. But but I do like Alexander, um, sort of like a, a playmaking wing um, who can defend at the point of attack. Smaller, though. Um, I mean, he, I, I think the comparison to KCP is, is interesting, um, at least in terms of his frame and sort of what he might be able to offer you offensively. Not, not, a, not like an ideal comparison, but there are some similarities. Um, you know, bigger wings, more rugged, higher usage guys are probably going to wear him out 
one-on-one, but he's slippery at the point of attack, getting over screens, can make himself skinny, um, does a nice job in rear view, rear view pursuit, um, is a guy that can, can make plays out of that type of defense. Uh, and I think he does a pretty nice job as a help, help rotator defensively. And similar to his ability to sort of like get over screens on the basketball, like he can be a chase defender too. Um, and he's a guy that you can sick on a movement shooter and say, well, we'll you know, follow this guy around for 20 possessions tonight and make it tougher than coming off pin downs and flares. Um, can run a pick and roll, not as a primary, but, you know, swing pick and roll, secondary pick and roll. I actually think like his passing is yeah, once in a while, he'll just pop um, as even as, you know, just really just a secondary creator, but some pretty nice, you know, bounce passes against, you know, sort of more detailed pick and roll coverages. He'll hit guys cutting to the basket. He'll hit guys, even if one guy's rolling and someone decides to cut out of the corner, like he'll make a second read out of the pick and roll. Um, but isn't really a guy that's going like, to take a top off the defense with like, you know, pull up shooting his ability to just like knife his way to the rim, but was a pretty prolific three point shooter uh, while at Creighton in an offense that does a hell of a good job creating good looks for, for guards on the wings. Um, so yeah, I like, I do like Alexander, um, even if I'm not sure if he's quite in the range at, uh, at 32, but I like TSA. Okay. Um, so quickly on Trey Jones, and then I'm going to turn it over to you because you're the head deacon of the church. <laughs> Trey Jones. So I want, I want you to, to, to yeah. take that. But I, I look winning player. All right. Like he, he is going to go in there, play with an incredible basketball IQ, make his teammates better, make every hustle dive on the floor for the loose ball, you know, step in and take a charge. Like that's Trey Jones. He's going to do those things. A phenomenal defensive player with some, with some offensive potential. Um, so if, if, the, if he's there at 32 and the Hornets draft him, I, I think that you, you wouldn't be a reasonably minded fan of the game of basketball and say, that's a bad pick. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll keep it short because we've talked about Trey uh, several times down the pod and I've, written and tweeted out 8 billion things about him. Just like search for it on the internet. It's out there. Um, you know, maybe a lower ceiling as a prospect, just a solid floor. Um, I think he's a guy that can come in and, and run a second unit, make that just better, take care of the basketball, set guys up. Um, smaller player, but an elite point of attack defender, uh, smooth, fluid laterally moves. I've said this before in the pod too, but just, he reminds me of like a tennis player, the way like a tennis player returning a serve, the way they're able to move laterally. Like um, glides. Yeah, yeah exactly. just yeah. It, yeah. an incredible eye contact, like so fundamentally sound there. It takes his eyes and has them just centered dead on the abdomen of the guy he's guarding. And uh, yeah, he's tough to beat. He can be a little jumpy and you can get him on some pump fakes and ball fakes. He's not like perfect, but um, and he, and he, he's not crazy long either. I'd be curious to see what his wingspan uh, measures at, but yeah, like he's tenacious on that end. He's a hell of a competitor and he really is a special point of attack defender offensively. His role changed up a lot at Duke this season. I think for the better in some respects and, and maybe, you know, not for the best in some respects, but ran a lot more pick and roll showed some passing chops as a, as a passer out of the pick and roll showed a pull up three or pardon me, a pull up mid range shot has a floater game. Um, really improved as a spot-up shooter this season. Um, I'm not going to ramble off those numbers again on the pod, but he got way, way, way better on more volume shooting off the catch this season. And, like, you know, maybe he's not in the the LaMelo ball tier of this, but in that next tier of guys with Halliburton and Nico Mannion, um, an excellent hit-ahead passer, transition passer, 
that, that sees the floor and see can throw guys open on the break. So yeah, I like, I do like Trey Jones and um, yeah, I think whoever gets this guy is just adding another nice rotation piece um, and a winning basketball player. I think um, last thing on Jones real quick, I think if we would have had the NCAA tournament, he really could have proven uh, his worth a little bit more mm-hmm. when it comes to the NBA draft. I mean, there are a couple of those guys like Tilly and, and maybe yeah. Obi Toppin, guys that yeah. could have had big runs, you know? Um, yeah, because Duke, Duke doesn't make a run without Trey Jones, you know, spearheading that. Yes. And I think, I think they were positioned pretty well to make a run in, in the tournament. So, but, uh, you know, irregardless, he's going to get drafted. And, and he, because of the type of player he is, because of the attitude he has, because of the high character, uh, kind of kid he is he's, he's probably going to play his way uh into a role into the mm-hmm. nba all right devon dodson from kansas another point guard uh <laughs> he is a he shot out of a cannon yeah. i like to say that. i mean <laughs> this guy is getting to the rim period um all the time every single possession it seems like you watch him and he's either setting his you know defender up with uh you know with the hesitation move or he's getting around a ball screen splitting it uh, and getting to the rim, or he's just going, you know, he's just backing it out when he gets a switch going one-on-one, and he's getting to the rim. I mean, he is has such an incredible first step. He's a really good finisher there. Um, for Dotson, I mean, offensively, at least, the biggest question for me is, you know, can, can the shot translate? You know, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a phenomenal shooter at Kansas. He wasn't a terrible shooter, but um, I think that you watch him shoot it, and there's certainly some justifiable question marks to ask there. Is he going to be a guy that the defense respects um, on the next level, or are they just going to go under screens and make life hard on him? Um, so, so I think there's a world in where he struggles as a ball handler in the NBA until the shot does come online. Um, but I just, you know, he's, he's an awesome transition player mm-hmm. too. He's just always pushing the tempo, always. Um, yeah. and, and so those kind of guys, they tend to they tend to find a way to stick in the NBA. He might not be a starting point guard long term, but I think he's got a chance to be a damn good backup change of tempo, mm-hmm. put the defense on its heels, second number one that he's in the game kind of player. And and I think that's why a lot of people like him as like a top 20 kind of yeah. player. I don't personally like him that high, but I see it. I see why people like him that much. Um, he's he's very much an eye of the beholder type of prospect. I like Dotson if he was there at 32 and the Hornets picked him, although I, I don't think that's their greatest need. I, I would be happy with that pick. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, SP, you and I see Dotson uh, similarly. Um, certainly there are teams, you know, people sort of projecting out the end of the first round that, you know, could a team like Utah use Dotson? I think that's sort of interesting. But yeah, I've got more of an early second round grade on him. I do like Dotson a lot. Like you said, he's a blur with the basketball and not in like the the mighty might sense, you know, Devon Dotson's not five foot eight, he's six foot two, you know, and, right. and, and he can really go. Um, 50% of his field goal attempts came at the rim. He shot 65% on those looks. Um, that is a super positive indicator. Some shot creation skills, including out to the three-point arc, and there are reasons to buy um, to buy the shot. Was a very good free throw shooter in college. 81% on over 315 attempts while at Kansas over two seasons. High steal rate, low foul rate, 3.5% steal rate this season. Just two fouls per 40 minutes. And yeah, so like he's a really interesting guy. Um, I don't know if he's the pick at 32, but it would not surprise me if he were. Uh, Charlotte guy has those connections and could be a guy that, yeah, just finds his way into the rotation as an impactful attacking 
guard that can also set up and make easy shots for guys. Um, he and he and Saban Lee out of, out of Vandy. Uh, I mean, Lee's not at, not nearly the prospect that Dotson is, but they're just these sort of power conference guards that can really pressure the rim. And I don't know, Lee's the guy that sort of interests me at 56 potentially, along with a couple other guys. But I uh, I do like uh, Dotson out of Kansas. Okay, um, Nico Mannion staying in the backcourt here. Uh, really <laughs> highly touted prospect. Um, you know, coming to Arizona, I, I guess high school prospect, I should say. Um, I, I think it's safe to say underwhelmed at Arizona. Let me start by saying this. I think that the temperature on him has gotten a little too cold uh, at, at this stage, but uh, but I get it. I understand why. You know, Mannion's a guy, um, I, I wouldn't say he's a, he's a true point guard, but I think he has the ability to play mm-hmm. point guard on the next level. He's a shot maker. Um he, he can get his own shot regularly. You know, he's got a nice crossover. He gets into his shot, you know, off the bounce really quickly. He can get to the rim. He's a good athlete. That That's a part of his game that I think is probably being overlooked a little bit. Um, and I think it's being overlooked because, you know, he's a 6'3 wing, I believe, and he's got him. He's one of the few guys in this draft that might actually have a negative wingspan, yes. um, which is always, you know, everybody always freaks out about that. And I'm not saying it's not a big deal, but I think Mannion has some things to offer uh, BG. I, I still think he's first round talent. I think he competes well on the defensive end. Um, I think he can hold up on that end. You know, he might only be a, a one position uh, defender, but I think he can hold up against twos. Um, and you can run your offense to him. Like I said, he's not a point guard, but he's plenty capable of mm-hmm. playing in the pick and roll, setting up teammates, and again, getting his own shot, um, which I just, you know, you can't understate that when you talk about Manny, in, in my opinion. He's yeah. going to be able to get his own. He got his own shot whenever he wanted Arizona for the most part in a very crowded offensive system. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. I mean, <laughs> disgusting. So, and, and so he's going to – I just think the NBA is kind of suited for his game. Um, to me, maybe long term, I, I kind of think like maybe Seth Curry or something like that as a as a ceiling for him. But I, you know, I don't love Mannion. I just I, the reason I opened up with him the way I did because I just think the temperatures got a little too cold on him as a prospect. I think he's going to be a good pro. I, I I agree with you. I think people are are a little too down on him. It depends on what circles you're trafficking in. I believe because I I think reasonable minds look at Mannion and they see a, a pretty interesting young prospect. Uh, I agree with you, more of a combo guard, but can run a pick and roll, can initiate a half-court set, and then move off ball and be a threat without the basketball. He's actually a pretty good spot-up shooter. Uh, 54% um, effective shooting on catch-and-shoots in the half-court this season. That's a good number. Offers some movement shooting capabilities. And while he's not you know, very good at finishing at the rim, is an excellent floater shooter, has great touch. So he does have a counter to people trying to run him off the line. Um, yeah, not a great vertical athlete, not long, as you mentioned, the wingspan, but good feet, decent point of attack defender, and is a good team defender. So maybe even if he doesn't offer you versatility as like a guy that you can really you know, throw across you know, multiple perimeter positions, even as a help guy, he's just going to be in the right spots. So he checks a lot of boxes uh, in, in that capacity as well, too. So, yeah, Mannion feels like a, you know, I feel like for in the NBA, I do agree with you. I think the open floor will help him. And he feels like a guy that's just going to help out um, an offensive team without taking too much, with helping a team offensively without taking too much away uh, defensively. Yeah, it feels like a nice combo guard rotation piece going forward. 
All right, our last prospect that we're going to discuss, uh, Paul Reed. I, I love Paul Reed. He's one of my top 14-ranked prospects, which mm-hmm. I know is not a popular opinion. Um, but I think he's the best defender. I think he's the – shouldn't say he's the best defender in this draft. I think he's the most versatile defender in the entire draft class. Um, 2.9 blocks, 2.1 steals um, last year per 36 minutes. Monster numbers. Monster. Huge numbers. Huge numbers. Um, just he, he just has such a good feel defensively. He plays under control while also blowing up almost everything you know, he's a part of on that end of the floor. Um, really, really good athlete. Has such a skill to get vertical. Uh, I mean, his his blocks are not highlight blocks, I would say, at least not most of the time. But again, he's not he's not chasing highlight blocks. I mean, he's chasing he's going after the basketball consistently. Mm-hmm. So he's an he's just I say that to make the point that he's a very under control defender. Um, awesome rebounder to almost twelve and a half rebounds per uh, per thirty six minutes. All of this, you know, he's only six nine. So <laughs> you know, I'm not sure that he's a full-time center in the NBA. I think that has to be, that doesn't have to be, it probably will end up being his primary position though. Um, and he's, I love him for Charlotte. I mean, if he makes it to 32, I am absolutely thrilled because I think he's perfect for what Charlotte wants to do. Again, we've talked about this with a few other guys that we've discussed in this episode, but I think he's great next to PJ Washington in the front court. Um, he, he just, he is, if the shot comes online offensively, if he can um, give you something, just be average. That's all he's got to be. He's like the ultimate poker chip on the table um, to just to switch everything, blow up every single kind of offensive action that you want to run. Um, and he's just over 21 years old too. So, I mean, I think he's still got a lot of room to get better. I think we talk about this every single postseason in the NBA. There's always a team remaining, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the, the Western or the Eastern semis or the Western or Eastern conference finals that has a defender like Paul Reed that can just give you the ultimate versatility to guard yeah. ever you're going up against in any way you would like to guard it. Uh, you know, we've seen it with Toronto a lot the last few years, but I think Reed could be that guy in the playoffs a few years from now. I, I just love his versatility on that end. Yeah. I like Paul Reed uh, a good bit too. The more and more I watch him, the more I like him. Uh, elite rim protector, very good team defender, hits his rotations, not even – obviously the switch stuff potential is, is certainly appealing. But just, yeah, just checking the boxes off, similar to Tyler Bay, just like being in the right place, like at your help side, pick and rolls being run on the strong side, your weak side, low block. Just like making sure you you're, you slide over and you're, and you're there to attack the roll guy. Um, uh, some movement shooting abilities, mostly off sort of like that, like yo-yo, roll replace action that uh that DePaul would would get him in. I think he's got like a decent handle. I don't I don't expect that you know this guy to you know they're gonna like let him face up and run uh ISO possessions through Paul Reed or anything like that. But is the guy that you can run pick and pop with and if they close out to that shot, you know, all of a sudden he can speed dribble into DHO with someone coming out of the corner. Has a nice little fake DHO move that he showed a good bit this season at DePaul. So there's some interesting offensive versatility there with Reed like um, that makes him sort of a, a, a an intriguing two-way prospect and, and one that feels like he has a, a spot in a rotation somewhere in the NBA. 
it's just like all about offense, um, you know, with how high his ceiling can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your point, I mean, you, you know, you can use him in that high post area, put him at the nail, use him as a DHO guy. Uh, you know, he can turn the corner. He can make one, two, three dribbles sometimes, change directions, get to the rim, finish with both hands. But yeah, it's just like he has that baby deer thing offensively, right, BG, where it's just mm-hmm. like it's just like he was just dropped off, <laughs> you know, yeah. from, from the womb, and he's yeah. just still learning to walk a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, if he can just polish up the footwork a little bit on that end, whew, agreed. Special. Agreed. I think guys like Bay and Reed too will also benefit just like in terms of their overall efficiency as offensive players, because so much of the like stuff that obviously they, you know, the mid post stuff, it was a part of their offenses because their college teams needed them to do it. But it's like, that stuff's just going to be gone. Like yeah. Paul, Paul Reed face ups from 16 feet, like just shoot that. it's just not happening anymore. Yeah. Uh, unless like, you know, he's in the G league or whatever, but yeah, like it's going to be, pick and pop, dive to the rim, DHO, like I'll crash the glass and then like kick ass defensively. And then that's going to probably be a benefit for some of these guys, uh, especially Um, two more names that I just want to throw out real quickly for, for listeners of the pod to keep an eye on if they haven't been already, but uh, Jalen, two combo guards, I would sort of say Jalen Harris out of Nevada, who I've watched a couple games of recently and really, really like Um, great first step four level score, awesome layup package floater package um just in terms of like offensive skill set um i think grant riller is a first is a guy that i sort of have in the top 20 just like a, a, a smaller guard that offers a lot of punch offensively and i think harris does as a as sort of like an, an early to mid second round prospect if he somehow fell to 56 like he should definitely be the pick um but i really really like jalen harris a lot i i can't take credit for this comparison um my man Mike Grabnov uh, from the Stepien made this claim, and I really like it a lot. But he plays a lot like CJ McCollum, like a lot like CJ McCollum offensively. Just has really, that. Really, has, talking about? No, no, no. Now I'm talking about Jalen Harris. Oh, now. I got you. Okay. Yeah, now I'm talking about Jalen Harris. This is the ability to move, play on and off the ball, come off a screen, and, and then get into his action or get right into a shot. Just like a really threatening. Um, offensive player that I think you can get for a cheapo second round pick. And then the second guy I want to, I want to toss out to, I've mentioned him previously, but Mason Jones out of Arkansas, um, not a good athlete, but super crafty, good handles, compound it, really get into the paint, spray out a uh, clever finisher and a pull up uh, bomber this season. Um, Arkansas really let he and Isaiah Joe just, you know, really run the show offensively, but 120 off dribble field goal attempts this season. Um, 43% effective shooting on good volume. So I don't know if those guys are people that guys that are, I don't know if Joe guys like Jones and Harris are real targets at 32. If maybe they're a little bit further back in the second round, but I like both those guys. It's like top 40 top. Maybe even a guy like Jones is even closer to 35 like talents. I like Malin, I like Mason Jones and, uh, and Jalen Harris a lot as second round um, additions of offensive punch. All right. Well, now I got to go watch Jalen Harris. I haven't seen any of him yet. I've seen yeah. the name kind of buzz across Twitter or whatever. But okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, he's 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 he, he is a he is a developed offensive piece. Um, and, and a guy that I think could, could come in and help out a team, just scoring the ball and raising the floor of the offense a little bit. All right. Thanks again for tuning in to another Buzz Beat. Again, if you've not had the opportunity to listen to Wednesday's episode. Brian and Spencer also discussed other prospects that would be available at that 32nd overall pick. Moving forward, our next episode is going to be a listener mailbag episode, so please get in your questions at BuzzBeatPod on Twitter, 
And the more questions, the better, so we can kind of sift through them and answer those for our next podcast. As always, guys, thanks again for tuning in. Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and we will see you guys next time. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.